This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, visit DiscussingTrek.com slash support. to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Cal Jones. How's it going, Cal? Dude, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, was out of town last week, but got rested up this weekend and watched a, a whole bunch of uh, San Diego Comic-Con and excited to talk about Star Trek. Yeah, man, it was a lot of things coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, dude. I was kind of shocked of, of the amount of Star Trek Discovery news we actually had. So I have a confession to make, if you don't mind. Go for it. I have watched the entire panel of Star Trek Discovery before watching the panel for Doctor Who. Blaspheme? <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, seriously. Because, I, I, you know, I sat down before... Um, to get ready for this. And I wanted to watch the trailer again, which I'd already seen. And what popped up was the, um, you know, a, a full of the, you know, panel. So I just said, okay, I'll watch about five or 10 minutes of it. 45 minutes later, I'm finishing it. So before we get into the panel itself, let's talk a little bit about were there any other things that happened at uh, Comic-Con in San Diego this year that kind of piqued your interest? Uh, Doctor Who, yeah, of um, course. Of course, you know I saw a picture of Mark Hamill in a stormtrooper that yeah. he basically was walking around as a stormtrooper, which I thought was cool. Yes, it's become a thing for the celebrities to go undercover at uh, San Diego Comic Con. It's a thing now. Yeah, I I I, I kind of gathered that, and you know another thing, and we we briefly talked about this in discussing comics in our latest episode. But I heard this movie referred to in a way that we didn't talk about, which was Wakanda Underwater. Oh, my God. No, no. So I was curious as to to, did you think that is accurate? Of course, guys, we're talking about the Aquaman trailer. Um, Aquaman that is coming out later this year, uh, starring Jason Momoa, the DC uh, character Aquaman. I didn't think of that. Honestly, I thought maybe more space than Wakanda. Um, but I can see the similarities now that you pointed out to me. I don't want to think that because th- no, no, yeah, I, I don't see it either until, like you said, until somebody, you know, posted that and I saw that, yeah. but, 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 I just hope it's really freaking awesome. Yes, 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 yes. I admit that was one of the highlights. Other than so what, Star Trek so what about you? Did anything catch your attention? Uh, other than Star Trek Discovery and Doctor Who, man, that probably wasn't the next highest thing on the list. Of course, we got the very controversial Titans trailer, um, as well as a Shazam trailer. So that those both looked pretty interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm a little on the fence about the Titans trailer, but I'll wait and see. I'm in the wait and see mode for that one. Yep, me too. You know, I had originally said I was excited, but the more I think about it, <laughs> I just don't know. But I do know I'm excited about Star Trek so yeah. and Doctor Who, so that's universal. 
So before we get into the trailer and, of course, the panel, guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, guys, if you want to support the show, please head on over to our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash discussing Trek. Today, we're here to talk about the Star Trek Discovery comic book number three, Succession. Uh, from IDW Publishing, and uh, we're going to dive in that a little bit later. Uh, I don't know. I kind of figure what our thoughts are going to be on this, because it seems like the more we get into this comic, the more it diverges from the show. And to me, my personal opinion, I become less interested. But but we'll see. We'll talk about it a little bit it's later. It's got a really cool cover. It's got a really cool cover. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, this might be a rough review. But first, before we get into our review of uh Succession number three, we're going to talk a little bit about the Comic-Con itself and the Star Trek Discovery world. So first and foremost, let's talk about the trailer for season two. Wow. What did you think, Kyle? Well, for starters, and I, and I don't know why that I thought this, because obviously we know that it is set in the same time frame. But for some reason, ever since the finale and even, you know, like over the last few months when we've been talking about it, I kept thinking of that last scene where, you, you know, Captain P- uh, Pike and the Enterprise show up. Yes. I've, I've been thinking that it's like, oh, well, somehow they travel through time, but they didn't. And I, I don't know why that made me feel like, oh, they were out of time, but they weren't. They're in the same time zone, per yeah. se. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say time because in Burnham's voice over in the trailer, she makes the statement, hidden there is a message, a secret made of space and time. To me, that's very odd to hear in a Star Trek series time uh, put like that with space and time. So... I'm going to keep going back to my theory. I think Discovery is going to jump ahead in time. That's just how I feel. Um, they are saying this season is going to be the season everything merges up to canon. Uh, they are adamant. Alex Kurtman is adamant on saying that. This is the season everything lines up. I'm just saying it, man. I think they're going to jump ahead in time. That's just, uh, for some reason, I feel it in my bones. Okay. Well, I learned with The Walking Dead to trust <laughs> your instincts. So, yeah, I mean... You know, you've got the whole thing of explaining where these characters went to. Why have we never heard of them? But I just got to say, from cinematography-wise, oh, yeah. this was freaking beautiful. There was only one thing that I didn't like what about the—, the and, and I'm not even going to say it because I think we're universally agreed. I think you and I are, will agree on what we didn't like. What, but, the, the Lenny Kravitz music? Yes. Yeah, I, I could have done without that. But just to speak a little bit more on the trailer, we see where Christopher Pike, played by Anson Mount, is there to take command of the Discovery under Regulation 19, Section C, uh, which I didn't know what that was. But they go on to explain in the trailer that is a directive that's instituted when there is an imminent threat detected. And we go on to see that the threat are these these seven red bursts, which are spread across the galaxy. Unique, uniquely enough, it, they're 30,000 light years away from each other, which if you watch Star Trek, uh, Voyager, you know, they're 70,000 light years from home and it takes them, it was supposed to take them, what, 70, 70 years? 70 years, yes. Yeah. So 
uh, the Discovery is primed for this mission. If any ship ever, uh, Discovery is primed for this mission to be able to jump from each of these bursts, uh, and see what actually is going on. So I think that's pretty cool. A good, a good mission for the Discovery. And you know what? We have probably said this on this show before, but if the technology didn't get time displaced or if they didn't jump through, you know, through time or whatever happens to them, why couldn't they have just been they being Voyager spore drive back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cannon, man. Cannon. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know, I think that's kind of bad news for Stamets because, you know, he will apparently probably have to strap back into the, the spore drive, which is not good for him. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we also get this fantastic scene, which I thought it was joyful. And I want to hear your opinion, Cal, because I know this has become one of your favorite characters, but Chili, uh, no, Chili, Tilly, <laughs> Tilly makes this declaration that this is the power of math, people. <laughs> <laughs> I like that is made for Cal Jones. I'm telling you, I don't know why I, but every time they show her, it's like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious and, you know, uplifting, funny. I, I, I thought it was good. So go, go Tilly. You know, it's interesting that you said what you just did. You called it uplifting. And I think that is so 180 degrees different than the way season one felt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course. And, and the thing is, like, she in the show, she's not really the comedy relief. At least I don't see her that way. But she kind of tend to have those moments that that bring that bit of joy. And she definitely had some of those in season one, I feel, you know. So do you think that some of the behind the scenes changes that have occurred might be leading to this different feel that we're feeling? maybe but i think it's almost too late in the game to say that's the distinct reason because you know we only learned about the firing of the former showrunners what a month ago maybe true true so true. yeah yeah season season two was well in shooting and production at that point so uh and i think the reason that was given was due to more of production workflow issues maybe management of of sets and things like that um true i, I would think well, and you've got to also think in, I mean, you know, we were talking about Lenny Kravitz a moment ago, but that whole way that they added his music in and they shot the scenes that they showed, I'm sure that there's not going to be, you know, every episode this season, everything's happy go lucky. Oh, no. You know, so that being said, you know, I think we were supposed to get from this trailer this bright, energetic, can't wait to watch it feel. Yeah, I mean, and there was one down little moment in the trailer, and that's when they speak of Spock. You know, uh, Burnham goes to the Enterprise, and he's not there. And we find out that, that Spock is taking a leave of absence, but somehow they think he's connected to these red bursts somehow. So maybe this season is a search for Spock? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's going to be interesting. And, uh, to go ahead right into the panel at, um, the Comic Con Hall H, we know that Alex Kurtman has said that Spock will appear in season two of Star Trek Discovery. Yes. So that is freaking huge. Um, who's going to play him? Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's been announced. Uh, maybe Zachary Quinto will come on to play him. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, but yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. 
You know, I think if they are going to bring Spock on, they just need to, you know, pay whatever he wants to pay, you know, be paid to play the part. I think it needs to be the guy that's been playing him in the movies. You don't need to have a third iteration of Spock. Which is interesting because we actually do have a third iteration of Christopher Pike because, you know, Christopher Pike was in the reboot movies as well. So, yeah, if if they do bring if they can bring him in, I think that's a good move. Uh, just, to you know, it's a different universe. It's the movie. It's the same, but it's the movie. So I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Uh, but, yeah, bring him in. I think. Well, so. well, 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 I, you, you have know to be what? younger, I take too. Back. You have to be younger. Well, and also that's the Kelvin universe. This is yeah. supposed to be the prime. Yeah. So wibbly wobbly star trekky wacky or whatever yeah true true but of course um uh, lena nemo was in the kelvin universe so they could they could do it you they know? could yeah hey as long as it's good and he you know looks the character i'm all for it yes and of course the panel was hosted by tig nataro which is going to play an engineer on season two of star trek discovery i thought she was freaking hilarious she, she's going to be ca- playing a character named jet reno but yeah, in the panel, I thought she was really funny. I've only seen one show that she's been in. I think it's a show called One Mississippi on Amazon or something like that. It actually takes place in Bay St. Louis. Uh, go oh, really? Yeah. Cause I think she's from there, I believe. Mm, maybe. But, but okay. yeah, but yeah, it was, it was interest, interesting seeing her host the panel and, uh, there was plenty of fun to be had cause she's, she's pretty hilarious. Well, I have to give her credit. She's part of what kept me watching other than, you know, after one or two minutes was, oh, she's kind of keeping them on their toes. And, you know, they're, they, they're not, it's, it was almost like they weren't used to that type of panel that she was doing. So I, I think she kept them on their toes and in turn made me want to keep watching. Yes, yes, yes. She was very direct, which I found funny and awesome. Um, so what are other takeaways from the panel? We know that, they're going to be what Alex Kurtzman is calling short treks, which may be a reason for people to jump back on to um, to CBS All Access. I know I'm going to have to when it comes out because I doubt it would be on YouTube, but they're going to be 15 minute short films discussing backstory in the Star Trek Discovery universe. Very interesting. I can't can't wait to see what they do here. But I think it's just going to be something to tide us over until we get Discovery, which apparently won't come to early uh, 2019. Uh, so so let me ask you, uh, do, so that's going to happen like, you know, November, October, November, maybe December or something like that, just to kind of start getting you back into the feel of Star Trek, maybe? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, cool. That's what I'm thinking. Cool. Yeah, you know, something something to tide us over till we get the, the real show back. I think it could be pretty interesting. And, of course, if we talked about the same thing in Doctor Who, which they did in in s- Season 2 or Series series 2 of the reboot, where they kind of had these, what, pre-short film things that were yeah. aimed for uh, that were aimed for the Internet <laughs> back in the yeah. day. Yeah, they, they were streaming stuff on the Internet before the Internet was um, ready to stream. Who Who knows? Yes. But you know what I found really, really entertaining? One of my favorite parts, actually, of the panel was when the moderator, and I'm, I can't remember her name, but I'm going to say Jet Reno again because that's her character, uh, had Tilly start talking about what she had in store for her character, but wanted her to do it like she were a professional athlete. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, I was on the field and I had a great, yeah, she kind of went into it for a minute. It was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But just a little bit more about the panel itself. Um, in addition to the short tracks, uh, Rebecca Romaine, which I keep wanting to say Stamos, but Rebecca Romaine is actually going to be coming on to play, uh, First Officer <laughs> Una. Uh, and Cal, what do we know her from? We know her from the, the original Mystique, um, uh, from, um, X-Men. Yes. The best Mystique. The best Mystique. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, the one who was actually naked. Yeah. <laughs> she, she really was other than the, you know, the little prosthetics they wait, put to cover wait, her. Wait, Jennifer Lawrence wasn't naked? Well, not to, I don't think she was to the, ne- to, 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 seriously, I don't think she was to the level that, mis- uh, you know, the original mistake was. Well, you know what, man, in the sake of research, in the sake of research, I will okay. go back and look, look uh, at both images. Yeah, do to, and to see a, if you can tell. <laughs> oh, man. Also, we know that Wilson Cruz is going, yeah, Wilson yeah. Cruz is going to be back uh, as uh, Dr. Colber. So interesting on how they're going to actually bring him back for season two. Cause as we know, what happened to him, Cal? Mm, he's dead. He had the old Nick snap by Mr. Tyler, sir. Uh, spoilers if you hadn't seen season one, but yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. I th- uh, first off, I thought it might be flashbacks. Of course, that's the easy giveaway for him coming back, but it also could be that he could be mirror Colbert coming over. Uh, I'm kind of leaning more toward flashbacks than the mirror universe being being than him being pulled over from the mirror universe. Um, mm. and, and, what about if I give you a third um, option? What you got, sir? So if they're going to continue to use the spore drive, what's to say that he doesn't exist within the spore drive so uh, that Stamets sees him in the spore drive? Are you saying their love will take place in the spore drive forever and ever? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they will be exchanging spores in the drive. I don't know. Oh, God. Um, yeah. I mean, also, and the reason I say that's a good, actually a good, a good theory, because I was thinking it would all be flashbacks. So a good theory. Uh, maybe we'll see some of the things that happened in the Culber Stamets, uh, annual that came out where we saw where they kind of fostered their relationship. Maybe. Um, also, we know that we're going to get some backstory from Laurel. She's her, uh, her, the actor for Laurel, which I'm looking up right now that I should know. Uh, wow. Ma- Mary Shiffalo. Mary Shiffalo. Yeah. Wow. Brain for it. Uh, but she spoke of, having some of her backstory from season one maybe flushed out a little bit more maybe some of the stuff we know that happens between her vox slash tyler being flushed out and presented on screen where it was kind of glossed over in season one so that might be interesting to hear a little bit more of that uh in season two of discovery so let me say this about the actress you know of course i know that this is prosthetics and makeup that they've got on her but number two but the two things i want to mention are number one she's really a pretty woman and number two she's way tall yes yeah, she is pretty tall and also yeah I, I didn't know her mother was an actor as well so that was yes, pretty beth cool grant to find out. yeah do you know beth grant i know her i had you know it's, she's just one of those people that you've seen and stuff uh-huh and I looked at uh, some of the stuff that she's been on. Um, she's pretty pretty much been on you, a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm not even going to go into all the stuff, but I mean, her she has a very impressive resume. I'll put it that way. Sweet. 
Also, we hear that we're going to, from Doug Jones, we heard that we're going to visit Saru's home planet, which I find can be very interesting. I think the only, only other Kelplins we saw in season one were the ones that were served up for dinner for, uh, by Giorgio to Burnham. So it might be interesting to see a few more, uh, Kelplins on their home world and actually see how they interact with each other. Yeah. And see how he interacts more so with them because I think he's the, character that's evolving the most in in many ways yes 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 and one last tidbit we know that we're going to at least see captain pike up to episode six because anson mount said so uh so i mean uh, the only other question i really have is like how much of pike is going to be in season two will he be there in the entirety of the season is he going to be the permanent captain of the discovery or is he just there until we until this uh directive uh that he initiated is over and uh we've solved this mystery of the seven bursts hmm. i don't know that's an interesting very interesting question did you and were you going to mention and i hope i'm not jumping ahead here but do you want to mention there was a person that was in the audience that had a message for uh, the actor that's playing uh, Pike? Yes, I don't remember the message in particular, but of course, the original Captain Christopher Pike is Jeffrey Hunter, one of Lee's favorite actors. In, in addition to Pike, the character himself is, is, one, is one of Lee's favorites. Lee Shackford, our co-host on Discussing Who. And um, his son, Chris Hunter, was at the panel and also got to meet Anson Mount. And I guess it felt like a sort of the passing of the torch from, from father to this new actor, which I thought was really, really heartwarming. Yeah. Basically, I think, I mean, I don't know exactly what he said, but it was basically, I think maybe my father would be proud or my father would approve or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. Which that is just, just freaking awesome. You know, I, um, you know, it's interesting watching, uh, the actress who plays Barnum because I'm still in the walking dead episodes in season <laughs> five where she's a character. And, and, and it's so interesting for me to see her as, you know, the character on walking dead and then turn around and see her in star Trek. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, I just think she's a very humble actress because she actually got choked up talking about the two fandoms and, you know, now working with this group and still knowing the people from walking dead and being at, uh, I'm assuming, you know, at the same place at the same time and having people come up to her that know her from both shows. Yeah. It's funny on the timing on that, because I remember originally hearing that she would be on discovery and I said to myself, Oh, she's going to die on the walking dead. But it turns out like she was actually done filming and she was looking for a job after that. And then she got hired for Discovery, which I thought was pretty interesting because, you know, just timing. We don't see the episodes a months later right? Uh, in real life. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting as well as they they actually auditioned 400 people for that role and she wound up getting it. So it seems like it was a pretty extensive search to find somebody who could actually come in and play the role of Michael Burnham. So kudos to Sneaker Martin Green on that. And, and you know, another takeaway, um, and this is for any story, whether it's, you know, Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars, or whatever. But I found it very interesting hearing one of the producers talking and saying, you know, we've got this image of what this character is. But then you have an actor, whether male, female, you know, for whoever the role is, come in 
and totally own that character and it becomes something totally different. Yeah. 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 Just, just awesome casting all around. And, you know, again, I just can't wait to see what they do in season two of Star Trek discovery. Me too. I'm, you know, I, I, I keep saying I've never found myself before this show excited for Star Trek. And this show makes me excited for Star Trek. Yes, indeed. So are we ready to get into session number three? Oh, let's go for it. Why not? Oh, man. What is there to be said about succession number three? It's got a really cool cover. It has a really awesome cover, man. I cannot kid you there. The cover is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond (laughs) that. You know, I think it's, you know what? I think it's a, um, I don't know. I think it's just a story that maybe didn't need to be told. Yeah, I th- is that the is that is that my is that a good way of putting it? You know what, having gone into the books and even you know the first light of Kalish that we've reviewed, what I found so awesome and so you know th- what made me connect to them so much was the fact that they were leading into or adding to what we already know from the season. You know, completely in every way they were directly tied in for the most part. And I think on these succession novels or um, comic books, excuse me, the more we get away from what the show is and what ties directly to the show, the more I kind of just lose interest. You know, and that's weird to say, because, you know, I I just reviewed uh, 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 Desperate Hours um, the book, the first novel from Star Trek Discovery. And if you haven't heard that review, please go back and w- listen to it. But, you know, I found the thing that kept me locked in and kept me very interested in what was going on was the fact that I knew that this was before, you know, I knew that this was leading into the, the season that I had already seen. And also, of course, you get some tidbits from some of the, the, um, the the Enterprise crew, which ironically we meet them again in season two of Discovery. But that's what kept me on board and and just overall good story. And also, as I'm going into Drastic Measures, the second novel uh, featuring uh, Jojo and Lorca, I find the same thing that the thing that's keeping me on board and keep me interested is I know that it is prequel and it's kind of leading up into what makes the characters we know from the show. But this being in the mirror universe and being totally separated and divulging so greatly, I find it hard for me to kind of, you know, grab on and latch on to what's going on in these books, man. Okay, so I'm going to make an analogy or a comparison. So, you know, Marvel took a movie that they had originally planned to make that was a standalone movie or or that was part of the MCU, the greater MCU um, universe and decided we're not going to make the Inhumans movie. We're going to take the Inhumans and make it into a 10, 8, 10, 12 issue or episode, you know, mini series or series. And it fell flat on its face. And I, I, you know, I think maybe if the Inhumans had have been a singular movie, it may not have blown people away, but the story would have been more, you know, coherent or coherent or whatever. But I think this is suffering from that same 
thing. If this would have been an annual where it was a yes. 48 page or 62 page or whatever one shot that told a story from front to, you know, from first page to last page. But I'm thinking we're getting a whole bunch of fluff and filler. To fill up. Yeah. Yeah. We and, must have a book. <laughs> let's let's yeah. put something. Together. That's what it feels like. It's like we're just going to put something together. Um, and, you know, they might have a direction they're going in. But so far from what I've read, it just doesn't seem that cohesive. Well, and it also goes back to what you said. We don't know these characters and we don't care about these characters. Uh. Yeah, we wanted to know more about Laurel with the light of Kalis. We wanted to know, you know, more about Vok. You know, we wanted to know more about, you know, Takumva because we didn't get that much. Yes, I totally agree. So let me just read the the inside jacket paragraph of what this book is supposed to be about. Uh, in the mirror universe, the Terran Michael Burnham was thought to have been perished at the hands of the traitor Gabriel Okra. The arrival of the USS Discovery in the Mirror Universe began a chain of events that culminated in the destruction of the Terran Emperor flagship. Emperor Philip of Jojo was presumed dead. Her cousin Alexander seized the throne. But Michael Burnham, Jojo's heir, is alive. And she is coming for her birthright. I cannot read today. <laughs> Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. So let's let's go into maybe a few tidbits of this book because honestly, I don't think there was a lot going on. No, it you know you you just see a whole bunch of posturing by the cousin that's now the emperor. Yes, and you just see the other Michael Burnham and the, you know, rebels, as I guess they're called. They're the, the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, okay. Yeah, there you go. We see Alexander who is, 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 is pretty much like you said, just posturing. He wants to keep his throne and he's saying he wants to find Michael Burnham and, and in this contingent of people that are on Konos and out he hears that they are there from one of his lackeys, I guess. And he wants them dead. And we know that he has put together this genetic um, weapon that can can target a particular race and destroy all life on a particular planet while targeting a particular race. So we see he's where he's going to to Kornos to actually wipe out all the Klingons and presumably do this across all the different alien planets on the in, in the universe because you know they're they're for all human purity which go figure <laughs> we- so, so let me ask you this without trying to go political here but we're talking about you know politics with alexander do you think the writers of this comic are trying to make a political statement without per se making one well, I mean, I, I wouldn't even pit it so much into what's going on now in in our time, but even the original, as Lee has mentioned before, even the original um, um, Terrans were kind of modeled after the whole Nazi thing uh, because, you know, their search for purity, search for one race. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of modeled off of that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into stuff that's going on now unless you have some insight that. I no, have. no, 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 I really don't. I just, the, the, the only thing that made me think of that was when they were saying that they use the, like the Klingons or whatever earth, 
world, you know, non-Earth world that is conquered. You know, they use the people there for they didn't say slaves. They said cheap labor. Yeah. yeah but, true. but by killing the people, you're ultimately hurting your own supply chain, you know, you know, for your building ships or whatever the case may be. So, you know, that was where I, you know, had that thought of, you know, are they trying to do something political because, you know, you've got their cutting their nose off despite their face kind of thing. Yeah. And what I found, like if people are willing to, or if a dictator or emperor, emperor or anything like that is willing to, to let their money go to the wayside to accomplish something, you that's when you know they're really deranged. Sure. <laughs> yeah. True. Cause uh, obviously here they're hitting their own pockets by, you know, getting rid of some of the labor and all this other stuff just so they can eradicate all people who are not humans, which is just crazy. You know, I will say that there was one part in here that did kind of catch me by surprise was when the uh, robot captain, I'll call her, we find is actually working with Laurel. Is it Arikim? I can never I, say her name right. I think, I, hey, that works for me. That sounds good. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we see where she befriended L'Oreal sometime in the past, uh, and she is actually working with her. And I, I never saw that coming in the least. And uh, no, I didn't. And you know, I'm thinking, and and I'm not trying to uh, find something that's wrong with something. But whenever I was reading this earlier, there is a scene where they're talking about knowing each other, and when in that scene, I think it's either drawn using the wrong character or worded using the wrong character. It's like they should be showing Laurel and the words match the robot character, or they should be showing the robot character and talking about, you know, Laurel, yeah. the words and the person <laughs> didn't match. Yeah. That's funny. Cause I've, that's not the first goof up I've seen in these books. I think it was one a few books back of somebody that was actually dead that died in the mirror universe as her mirror char character. And she was in one of these books. So they, books. Uh, yeah, they definitely have goofs, goof ups in these books, uh, which is, is weird because, you know, you want the best quality coming out of here, but seems like they're either rushed a little bit sometimes, or sometimes things are kind of looked over. Ah, uh, got you. So I do like how we see Burnham, you know, everybody keeps saying she's such a bad character, the butcher of the binary stars. We hear all this stuff about how bad she is over here in the mirror universe, but I'm just not seeing it from this book. She seems like the burden we know in a lot of ways. Yeah. And maybe that's another reason why we aren't feeling this book. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree because she's supposed to be such a bad person. And, you know, I guess the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I guess she's teaming up with Laurel. But, you know, by the same token, you know, she's supposed to be this fierce. She's supposed to be as fierce as Jojo is. And I'm I don't see it. I just see the Burnham we know and love <laughs> for the most part. And, you know, is this also the risk that you run when you have a concept that's overused, meaning the whole idea of the mirror universe being you know, so different and, and working so differently from the Federation universe, for lack of a better word. Once you get over that, oh, it's so strikingly, starkingly or whatever, different. Once you get over that, then what else is there? Yeah, and I think one of the things that make it so 
great to see is when it's used sparingly. Um, and the fact that we're just here <laughs> and this is it. And this is what each book is showing. Um, it, it just, just feels kind of weird. And I believe you're totally right on that. Uh, so we go on to the end. Let's just skip to the end of the book. We cool. see where, where Alexander has captured, uh, Laurel, Amanda, Burnham and Cole, uh, all at his palace and he is ready to off them. And of, of, of course it looks like, uh, um, uh, it looks like Cornwell, Karen Cornwell is there to actually, you know, aid them to escape. But, you know, Alexander's on top of it and actually, you know, seizes her as well. And things don't look good for our quote unquote good guys. Mm, <laughs> but true. By, by, or the rebellion, as you put it, uh, by the end of the book. But we see where Akram, Akram, I can never say her name, is targeting Earth and she has gotten one of the genetic bombs, missiles, weapons, whatever they're called. And looks like she's resequencing it and. Look like she might be ready to wipe out all humans on Earth. So, so that might actually, you know, we may end this story saying, you know what? It kind of got slowed down, but it actually had a cool ending because it may do that. Because I actually would kind of be cool to see what would happen if. Yeah, yeah. Of course, we know that can't totally happen because we have the mirror universe um in the future and ds9 and stuff but maybe just maybe this just wipes out earth but there's still humans out and about you know in the solar system so I, who knows who knows i think it's very interesting though and um um and maybe the most interesting part of the book <laughs> is the very last panel uh any other takeaways man i know we kind of went through that pretty quick but there isn't a whole lot to dive deep into in this book no but you know i mean Maybe, you know, maybe it's just not for us. I don't want to, you know, you know, jump on it with like a hammer and beat it to death. So, I mean, there, I mean, it was a story. I mean, it wasn't the best I've read, but, you know, it, it was entertaining. I'll give it that. I've, I've seen much, much, much worse. So I'll, I'll say that it did entertain. Cool. Cool. Well, I guess that's the end of our review for Star Trek Discovery Succession number three uh, from IDW Publishing. And Kyle, uh, man, what have you been working on or want to talk about podcast related or otherwise? All right. Well, for anyone listening, you can also check out another podcast that Clarence and I do, along with um, our friend Lee Shackelford, which we've already alluded to already. But you can find that at Discussing com. Yes, and I will also add that we recently did a review of some of these trailers that we spoke about up top. We did that on our Discussing Comics channel slash podcast, and you can figure that you can get to that by going to DiscussingComics.com where we talk about the trailers from uh, San Diego Comic Con 2018, as well as reviewing the f- second season of Luke Cage on Netflix. So yes. please check that out. So, guys, once again, thank you for joining us. Until next time, live long and prosper. listening to the discussing trek podcast for more information go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe